We begin uh, Matthew 14, and I want to talk to you about the fact that uh, the Word heals you. You know, the Word heals you, and that God wants you to be perfectly whole. I'm going to show you that scripture in just a minute. I wanted to say something because I was praying this afternoon for you in, in my hotel room. And I wanted to talk about this just for a minute. I don't have time to elaborate, but I think you need to know this. There's a difference between God initiating healing in your life and you initiating healing in your life. You need to know there's a difference. Like, for example, really this, this particular meeting, I have it, I've moved out in the Holy Ghost at the end of the services, but really primarily God's had me teaching you. And then the Holy Ghost kicks in and then he tells me, and, and maybe not all the time, but one, one night I just said, I don't care what you got, get up here. Yeah. That was really by the Lord too. But other things I said were real specific. Yeah. And you know, I might come next time and preach on a different subject and move out in the Holy Ghost every meeting, have very little teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now this is not a reflection on your pastor before I say this. I don't want him or you to feel funny. But he said to me personally, he hadn't taught on healing in a while. So God sent me and put that in my heart to come and help launch you a little bit in the subject. And he knows about healing. But my point to you is the Lord's primarily made this a teaching meeting with the Spirit on the tail end of the teachings. But he's kept me on the teaching route. And I wanted to teach on the healing anointing tonight and minister under that. And, and I will minister under the anointing that's on my life. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But see, when God initiates a healing in your life, he gives you that through a gift of the Spirit. And maybe you didn't do anything. I'm talking to you. Listen to me. You learn something here. And that's only going to occur, the gifts of the Spirit, as the Spirit wills. Everybody will never be healed by the gifts of the Spirit. And then secondly, there's a different way. You can initiate your own healing because you have faith in God's Word. And that kind of healing can be initiated anywhere, at any time, whatever. You don't even need anybody else with you. If you know how to believe God, you know what the Word said. Father, I believe I received the healing for my right ankle right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe that I receive it. Thank you in Jesus' name. And you start the healing process in your life that way. Always remember that you can do that if you have some knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, you won't get it. Not that it's not available. But you don't have the knowledge to understand how to get it. There's two ways you can be healed primarily. I'm just talking here in generalities. God initiates it through a word of knowledge. I was in a meeting last year, no, two years ago. Uh, where was I at, Father? I was in Kansas. And I got up and I preached a message. I don't even remember what I was preaching. It wasn't healing. And I got up and I said, somebody's here with a... Some kind of erratic fluid levels in their liver. I never heard that in my life. I thought, oh my God, what did I just say? I'm not a doctor. I am a doctor, Dr. Jacobs, of theology, but not, not physical healing. And uh, so this pastor was sitting on the front row and he came right over. And he, I ministered to him and he fell out and rolled around a little and went out in the spirit there. And he called me about a year later and he said, I never did call you. He said, I was at the doctor uh, on Friday morning and they did some tests on me. He's an ex-drug addict like me. He had some liver issues. And and, and they said to me, I had erratic fluid levels in my liver. (laughs) 
And you spoke that out. That's the only meeting he was in at that meeting, the one meeting he came of that weekend. And he said, I went back Monday to the doctor because he said, well, you better come back quick and we need to do some other exam. And they said, well, everything's all right. Amen. <laughs> now, my point in saying that is not to look to me. I'm just a messenger. But the Holy Ghost knew this gentleman, this pastor had whatever I just said or something similar. That is really weird. I never heard anybody say erratic fluid levels in your liver. And if I'm not saying it right and you're a medical doctor, just forgive me. But he had a problem with his liver and it was very complicated type of terminology. And he said, I said the very same thing the doctors told him that morning. He went back Monday and he said, well, everything's normal. See, God moved on his behalf through a gift of the Spirit through me. See, and maybe he could have got healed if I had just taught the word and said, if you need healing, get up here. I, he may have gotten it that way. But see, God was reaching out to him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hope you're getting something out of this. I just wanted to mention that because, see, there's a lot of little things like this that we need to talk about. But you're gonna, you have to be, have a 10-week meeting to tell everything about healing. You still wouldn't get it covered. But I, I'm just saying, listen to me. You can get healed by a gift of the Spirit, but that will come through somebody else. And that may or may not come. To you, But if you learn how to believe God, I've been teaching you the Word, so your faith should be excelling a little bit in these last three sessions, plus tonight, how if you have faith in God as your healer, you can tap into Him anytime you want and say, I receive my healing for whatever. And take it by faith. And sometimes it's a combination of mutual faith. Sometimes the combination of you believing something, me believing something. I already told you this, but I'm going to tell you again. I think you need to hear it. I've noticed over the years as pastor, people come to my church and they, some of them act like they know a lot. And some of them don't act like they know much. So most of them act like they're a real hot shot. And after they're with me for about a year, they say, you know, I don't think I knew as much as I thought I did. I said, I could have told you that. I don't ever tell them that because they get offended easily, you know, when they're babies. <clears throat> But I've noticed that when they first come, if they don't have a lot of real knowledge of the Bible, I can carry them for a year or maybe a year and a half sometimes. And that, just anything I pray over them, God gives them. Because he's trying to prove something to them. <laughs> but then I notice if they're with me five, six, seven, eight, ten years, and they get in every healing line, they don't get a thing. And some of them die. You know why? Because they didn't do their homework. They were in school with me at the church where I'm teaching. You know, and I'm not bragging on me, but I can teach. I, I mean, God called me to be a teacher 35 years ago. That was primary my bus pastor and stuff. Now that's changed. I'm more in the prophet's office now. That's why sometimes I say things, you look kind of stern at me. So, but the reason is they didn't take the responsibility to learn things they should have known of how to get their own healing, or at least cooperate with me better. And so sometimes then after a while, I can't get anything to them. Then they're discouraged, and they're complaining. They fall away. They're not even studiers yet, and they fall away worse than that. See, listen to a man of God that's telling you something. You all can move with God in the level of healing you want if you stay with the Word, stay with your pastor, and be teachable, and learn these different things that I'm trying to just put in you a little bit here, a little there, and stuff tonight. Because this is important. I think it's important. All right. So now we'll get into the main thrust of the word. And we're talking tonight about being made perfectly whole and how the word heals you. All right. Let's look here. Matthew 14, starting in verse 34. 
And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, had knowledge of Jesus. Notice they had knowledge of him, not just knowledge about him. And they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. Now, isn't that amazing? They brought everybody that was diseased to him. I want to clarify something. They didn't say, you qualify, you qualify, you don't, definitely not you. Yes, yes, no, maybe. That was not in the thinking. Everybody that was sick, they knew about Jesus that he was a healer. And they went into all the country round about and they brought unto him all that were diseased. And they besought him, verse 36, that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched, listen to this, as many as touched were made perfectly whole. See, when you get in contact with the Word, you'll be made whole. Isn't Jesus the Word? He was the Word made flesh, wasn't he? (laughs) And when we get in contact, and I love this, perfectly whole. Perfectly whole. Not just whole, perfectly whole, man. Now let's go over here to, to Matthew 9 a minute. Let me show you how this works. Matthew 9.35. We won't have as many scriptures as we've had each night, but I've got a lot of testimonies here to read you because I think it's important and some historic things that will be good to learn about too. But Matthew 9.35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities. How many of them? Wow. All of them. And the villages teaching in their synagogues. That was the church of their day. I know it's not a... Christian church, but during his day when he was, you know, uh, walking around down here in Israel. And it says he went about teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So there's a lot of teaching in this. First of all, I wanted you to notice that evidently healing is part of preaching the kingdom, part of preaching the gospel. It wasn't a side issue with him. And Jesus went about all the cities of teaching, number one, preaching, number two, and healing, number three. A lot of times people come to church, they just want to be, get the stuff off their body so they're not uncomfortable watching TV. They're not, they don't want to be committed to God. Or not. And everybody that hurts wants to be delivered from that. I'm not making fun of it. But we've got to get a little deeper than that if we're going to keep it. At least something worse comes. But here's, the, here's what I wanted to show you out of this verse. You go about teaching, preaching, and healing. Notice teaching and preaching came first. So don't ever get put out with anybody, including me tonight, for doing some time with you teaching and preaching. Now sometimes, occasionally, even in my life, not a lot, but occasionally it comes that way, where you could get up and start ministering to people just by the Holy Ghost. See, I could even have done that tonight. Just got up and started a minute. But the Lord told me not to. He said, you teach this. Because what I have to teach is just as important as you receiving. You understanding what I'm saying? And there were times that Jesus would be in a setting where he would say to a certain guy, uh, you know, wilt thou be made whole? And he said, I've been in this condition all these years. And I can't get up to the, to the water where it's stirred by the angel to get there in time. I'm, I'm crippled and I can't get there. And somebody always jumps in before me. He's given his reasons and excuses. And Jesus just said to him, no teaching. No teaching at the pool of Bethesda. There's lays hundreds, maybe thousands of sick people and they didn't get a thing. But by the Spirit of God, Jesus was led by the Spirit and told the one man, rise up and walk, take your bed and go home. And he rose up and walked off. See, now that's by the Holy Ghost. But normal procedure was to teach, preach, 
and heal. Get that in your thinking. Teach, preach, and heal. So when you come in, your pastor's teaching you something to get you someplace. Take the teaching with the good attitude about it. Because the teaching and the preaching is necessary to get what he has and also to maintain what you get. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 107, verse 20. We're starting to get down in the, the, the meat and potatoes of this tonight. And I'm going to be sharing... A lot, a lot of things that I think are helpful to you. Psalm 107, verse 20. I'll let you find that. Psalm 107, verse 20. And I, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament. It says, He sent His Word, Psalm 107, 20. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Notice it was their destruction. They got themselves in that fix. But nonetheless, he sent his word. Number one, he sent his written word. And then eventually he sent Jesus. And Jesus became flesh, you know, the Bible says, walked among us. But he sent his word and healed them. So let me give you four things that the word does for you when you get in the word on healing. Number one, it answers your questions. Whatever question you have, it's answerable by the word of God. You know, I've only been here four services, and I'm not complaining. It's been a great meeting for me. I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed me as much as I've enjoyed you. But my point is, the Word has the answers that we need to get into healing and to stay in healing. It answers your questions. Number two, it feeds your faith. The Word of God feeds your faith. And your faith can grow. It can be minimal. It could be uh, great. It could be small. It could be medium. But the Word of God, when, when you're feeding on the Word of God and hearing the Word of God, He sent His Word and it healed them, it will feed your faith. Yes. Hallelujah. See, sometimes people wait. They, they go to some silly church that teaches foolish doctrines, doctrines of men and even doctrines of devils. And then they get a bad report as the doctor. You got stage four cancer and you got three months to live and they're calling my house, my, my church house. And wanting me to spend time with them. And I don't even know them. And then some of them are foolish enough if they do get healed under my ministry, which several have, they end up dying anyway because they go back to that church they were a part of. And they, believe me, they will talk you out of it. What do you mean that preacher said, say you're healed? Look at you, you can barely walk. See, they, the people that don't understand faith are not going to be with you in this. <laughs> You need a good church of faith people like this. Word and spirit people. Man, you need to put a value on that. My church has a healing anointing on it and in it because we've taught on it all these years. Plus my anointing is on that church. You know that God's endowed me with. I didn't, I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for any of this. I was just a burnout drug addict trying to figure out life. And Jesus came into my life. And I said, okay, Jesus, whatever. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. He said, I'm calling you into the ministry. And, you know, by the time he did, I was thrilled about it. But in the beginning stage, I said, well, I can't hardly talk. And I got a scrambled brain from drugs, shooting drugs up my vein into my brain, blowing my brains out. Scrambled, no memory. I, you know, my brains felt like mashed potatoes. Yeah, I'm just talking to you here. But see, he just had a different plan. And I said, okay, and there we went. Yeah. And it fed my faith. My, my time in the Word began to feed my faith, and He healed me of all that. 
So it answers your, what does the word do for you? Number one, it answers your questions. Number two, it feeds your faith. Number three, it puts you in position to receive. It'll put you into position to receive. Man, that's where you want to be. You don't want what you deserve. Don't ever act like you want that. You'll be, you'll be totally surprised. I don't want what I, I don't want what I deserve. I want what's being offered. (laughs) And like you were singing, the blood. The blood will never lose its power. I stand redeemed by the blood. See, it's all about Him and what He's done for us. But, it, but, but hearing the word preached on this subject, it puts you in position to receive your healing. But you have a little word in you. Then you, get, you, you begin to learn things and it puts you in a position where you just open up and say, God, I'm, I, I receive from you. Maybe you receive through, through a man. Maybe you receive through Pastor Dennis or Angie or some other pastor, a man of God or woman of God. That's all right. But you're receiving. Number four, it helps you to meet the conditions that are necessary to be healed. It helps you to meet the conditions that are necessary to be healed. I, I, I pointed out something the other day to you. I think it was in John 5, <clears throat> maybe verse 12, 13, or 14, where the man was healed... And Jesus saw him later in the temple and said, now go and sin no more, at least the worst thing come on you. So you can't use God as a healing crutch in your life and then go out there and live any way you want, say anything you want, think any way you want, do anything you want. You're in big trouble, my friends. I just want to tell you right up front, you're in big trouble if you think you can do that with God and God will be merciful to you. His grace will be upon you and he'll be merciful to you to a degree. But somewhere down through here, you know, if you keep on playing around with stuff, you'll get judged. God will have to judge you. I'm just talking here. I know we don't like this side of the gospel. I'm just alluding to it here. I could go into a big explanation, but I'm not going to. But if you just keep on playing with something, you shouldn't be touching, you shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be living, you shouldn't be talking that way. You're going to get in trouble with God. You cross up things enough and nothing works for you anymore. You still come to church. You still give your money. You still smile at the preacher, but it's not working. There's always a cause if things aren't working for you right. Either you don't know enough or you're not doing right. (laughs) And there's lots of hundreds of under subtitles we could put to that. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to help you. (laughs) Well, you get in the word, it helps you meet the conditions. You start realizing, well, maybe I need to straighten up in this area over here, you know, and do my part and be a part of the church. Mm-hmm. I've, I've known people come to my church that gave a lot of money, but they wouldn't get involved in the ministry of helps. And I noticed their, their marriage was a mess and their family was a mess. There's a lot of physical problems on them. See, they didn't fit in with me. Sure, I took their money. If they gave it, I spent it on bills and take care of my family, to take care of the church family and to pay bills for the lights and everything else. You know, they don't give buildings away normally. Don't act like I'm weird. You take the money too. But they didn't fit in because they they wouldn't fit in. They wouldn't meet the conditions fully. (laughs) And they moved away to try to, for money. I've had several people do that to me. I'm moving over here because they're going to give me $5,000 more a year and a, and a car. Well, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. No wonder he didn't come talk to me about it. He, he caught me in the hallway one day and just flippantly laid that out. And I said, what, what, 
you didn't make an appointment to come see me about this. No, and I'm not going to. I said, well, then just go ahead and destroy your life. And you know, a lot of his kids and himself just went downhill. I'm not happy about that. I'm sad to report it, but that's just the way you do things when you don't know anything. When you don't know any better. The pastor's been talking to us in the offerings, Pastor Dennis, Dr. Hannibal, about sowing the land that you're in. God can take care of you wherever you're at. And if God's put you in a church, that ought to be next to your wife, next to your relationship to God and your wife or husband, whatever. The relationship you have with your pastor ought to be the most precious thing you have. He may be the only thing keeping you from going to hell. He may be the only thing keeping you alive. You may get stuff knocked off of you you didn't even know was launched at you. (laughs) Yeah, I pray for my church every day that God will deliver them from every evil work. And many, many times people, I prayed for one guy one night. God woke me up in the middle of the night and I prayed prayed in tongues and I prayed that scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 18, one of my favorites, that God will deliver you from every... He got in a serious accident the next morning. The... the, uh, what do you call it, the, the people that come? EMS. EMS said, we usually take people home in body bags in this kind of accident. He, didn't have, he just had a bruise on his chest where the, where the seat belt caught him. Yeah. But it said, with your car demolished like that, you should have been killed. Yeah. And he lived through it. Yeah. Had another family guy, got, this is a true story, got caught on a railroad track and his car wouldn't start. The train's coming. Boo, doo, you know. He jumped out and his daughter and her friend, they all were saved. You know, we're talking about some reality. And sometimes you don't even know the attacks that try to come against you, that launched against you from the enemy, but with a pastor praying for you and you're connected right with your pastor. Oh, praise God. I feel like teaching on spiritual fathers right now. I'll back off of you. Some of you too can't take it. You're going, pat out, tap out, tap out. Okay, tap Some say that God's teaching me something, but we know that's not true. The Bible teaches there are three things that teach you. I'm going to give them to you. Number one, the Word of God teaches you. The Word of God teaches you. That's 2 Timothy, if you'd like to know it, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The Word of God is your teacher. Number two, the Spirit of God is your teacher, or the Holy Ghost. John 14, 26. The Spirit of God or the Holy Ghost is your teacher. John 14, 26. And we could have listed other scriptures. And thirdly, but not least, the fivefold ministry gifts that God's placed in the church, especially the pastor, but wise pastors have other gifts come to help teach on certain things. And so the fivefold ministry gifts, Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. The fivefold ministry gifts teach us things that they know because of their study and their anointing and different things like that. Hallelujah. I want to read you something here that's just real interesting here. I don't remember where I got it out of some book somewhere, but it was, it was precious. And I want to read this to you a little bit. And I've got a few more scriptures, so don't zip up on me. Zip, 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 zip. <laughs> was divine healing only for the church of the apostolic age according to the word No. Many Bible teachers today tell us that the age of miracles passed away with the death of the apostles. And so Christ is not healing the sick today. Let us investigate 
this subject and find out for ourselves. This is all from people that lived in a different age than we do. Justin Martyr, he lived 165 years after Jesus. One of the great church leaders and scholars of his day, he says this, numberless demoniacs throughout the whole world and in your city, many of our Christian men exercising them in the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, have healed and do heal, rendering helpless and driving the possessed of devils out of people though they could not be cured by any of the other exorcists that used incantations and drugs. In other words, he's saying, in my day, when I'm walking, I'm seeing people get delivered from evil spirits and healed in their body. Then let's go to Arrhenius. He was a scholar in 2000, I mean 200 A.D., 200 years after Jesus. says, those who are in truth his disciples receiving grace from him do in his name perform miracles, and they do truly cast out devils. Others still heal the sick by laying their hands upon them, and they are made whole. Yes, and moreover, as I've said, the dead even have been raised up and remained among us for many years. Then we go to Origen, 250 A.D. And some give evidence of their having received, through their faith, marvelous power by the cures which they perform, invoking no other name over those in need, their help than that of God of all things... And the name of Jesus Christ, along with the mention of His history. In other words, people were quoting what Jesus did and then they ministered. And He said, We have seen many persons freed from grievous calamities, from distractions of the mind and madness, and countless other ills which could not be cured, neither by men or devils. Then He goes down to Clement of 275 A.D., uh, let them, the young ministers, therefore, with fasting and prayer, make their intercession and not with the well-arranged and fitly ordered words of learning, but as men who have received the gift of healing confidently to the glory of God. And he goes on to say, the miraculous gifts continued through the third century at least. Then he tells how under Constantine the church became flooded with worldliness and began to put its trust in earthly rulers more than in God. It sounds like what's trying to happen right now. Put your trust in the government. I love America. If you don't like it, I'll give you a one-way ticket to a foreign country. I've been around the world, and I know this is a great country. But my faith is not in my government. My faith is in God. All right. And then then it goes on to say here, Theodore of, of, I don't know how to pronounce his name here, Mopsute, it must be a city in the, in the world back then, 429 A.D., many heathen among us are being healed by Christians from whatever sickness they have, so abundant are miracles in our midst. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this says, Reverend A. Boast, History of United Brethren, page 17. They're quoting from another book. To believe against hope is the root of the gift of miracles. I owe this testimony to our beloved church that apostolic powers are there manifested. That's almost 500 years after Jesus had already resurrected and went into heaven. We have had undeniable proofs which could not humanly have been discovered in the healing of maladies in themselves incurable such as cancers, consumption, when the patient was in the agonies of death, all by means of prayer or a single Word. (laughs) That just gives you a little brief history. I mean, there's more, but we covered just some basic things to show you that there were other men in other centuries that believed the word just like I'm teaching you, and they were seeing the same things happen. 
Of course, when some people got in controlling countries, they tried to make everybody a Christian by being sweet, nice, kiss your wife, and be a good person. And that doesn't work. You have to be born again. And then spirit-filled. And all that the New Testament teaches. Hallelujah. Also, I want to take you to a couple of... These are testimonies. This is just a little short testimony. I've got a big folder about that thick. These are all testimonies that people got healed under my ministry. And I wanted to read you a few of them because I, I just think it'll encourage you a little bit. And I'm not doing that to make myself look good. These are people that got something and took the time to write me. This is Laura Sims. She goes to Pastor Sandy's church in Nashville, Tennessee, Sandy McLean. When I was in college my freshman year back in 98, I fell going up the stairs to the dorm room. I hit my big toe and the big joint fractured the bone. I had surgeries years later in 2006 to repair the broken bone. The doctor welded the bone back together to the point in which I could not bend my toe at all because of the way I broke my toe. I was unable to wear certain shoes because my big toe would not bend enough for me to get my foot in the shoes. So I could only wear flat shoes. My husband tried to massage and work with it, the toe, so it would start bending. But unfortunately, it was unmovable. Pastor Jacobs came to speak at our church in 2008, and he spoke on his book, Angels. He asked for those with bone problems to come to the front for healing. I went up to receive the healing, and afterwards I noticed that I could bend my big toe in my shoe. When I took my shoe off to look at my toe, I could actually see where it looked like a joint had been formed, and it was bending with no problems. When I injured my toe, I was scared that I would never able be able to bend it again, but I received healing, and now my toes move. Not only that, but I can wear any kind of shoes I want. <laughs> I think the girls ought to went, hey, praise God now. <laughs> this is from a lady, Crystal Mark. She used to be with me. She's now moved to be with Pastor Dennis. Pastor, uh, Pastor Keith, thank you. You're Pastor Dennis. <laughs> Pastor Keith down in Nashville, and I don't know if she was up in my church for a meeting or what. This happened September 209. For the past week and a half, my tailbone area started to ache and gave me some issues. At, at some point during the day at work, I'd have to shift from one side to the other because sitting, it would begin to hurt. I had not fallen or anything. I could not understand why it was hurting. Eventually, I began to notice that it was occurring more often, and I would have to do the same during church service and move around all the time. I went up to Pastor to lay hands on me, and I, I told him that I was having issues with my sinuses and mouth sores as well as my tailbone. When he laid hands on me, I felt the power of God begin to work on my sinuses and did not have the usual morning issues with them since. The sores have mostly gone away, and as I continued to sit on the floor under the power of God, I felt a warm sensation travel from the top of my head down to my tailbone. Pastor came back and said, Crystal, God is working on your tailbone area. When I got up, I could tell an immediate difference in the tailbone. I've had no pain since. Amen. Hallelujah. You like that? I think this is fun to read these. and I get all excited again about it. This is from, where's Tarek? Is he here tonight? There he is. This came from you, from this church, when you were over in the salon there. Yeah, Pastor Jacobs was at our church. I asked him to pray for a lady. That was in the hospital. The lady was going through a routine surgery. But after the surgery, the, the lady's vital signs were going down rapidly, and they couldn't understand why this was happening. The lady suddenly was in a very serious state, and the doctors were not sure if she would recover. I came to church that night and asked Pastor Michael to pray for her. He requested a prayer cloth 
to be taken and put on her. Pastor prayed and the cloth was very hot. I went to the hospital and gave the prayer cloth to the relative of the ladies and I explained what to do with the prayer cloth. They placed the cloth on her body and immediately her vital signs began to change. Over the next few hours, she began to recover very quickly and once the doctors examined her, they called her family members and said she was free to go home. (laughs) Is that right, Tarek? She was dying. Praise the Lord. God can even do stuff like that. <laughs> this is from a lady in my church that's a surgical nurse. Uh, she has been for 40 years. I think she's semi-retired now. But in April 2005, I started to notice an irritation in my throat, which I thought was the beginning of a cold, but the irritation continued on and became a lump in my throat. After a couple of weeks, I be, weeks, I became concerned that the lump was still there. Being a surgical nurse, I realized some of the possible implications of my condition was considering going to the doctor, but I felt like I should wait. In May, that was the next month, I was in a morning service at Church on the Rock in New Albany, and at the end of the service, Pastor Michael had a word of knowledge concerning shoulders. I'd been distracted for a moment and didn't hear the word was for shoulders, so I just joined the healing line. <laughs> But now listen to this. I, I gave a word for shoulders, but she was the only lady I stopped in front of, and I said, what are you up here for? And she said, I, I, uh, I have a lump in my throat. It says, when pastor came to me, he asked me if I was there for my shoulders. And I replied, no, I came for a lump in my throat. So I laid hands on her, and she said she fell out in the spirit and then returned to her seat. I went home that afternoon, didn't notice anything different. During lunch, but after a short nap, I began to get ready ready for the evening service, and I realized that the lump had disappeared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is exciting. I want to do a book on healing sometime, maybe in the next year or two. And I'm going to put these scattered in the, in the book, like every two or three pages. I've got a big old stack of testimony. And probably would have twice that if everybody wrote me that got a healing. So if you get one, get a card off there and mail it to me with your, your testimony. If you would, that'd be helpful to me. Uh, this is somebody in my church. I don't know who this is. says LW. I don't know who that is. But during the year 2000, I was healed twice through words of knowledge at your church. The first was on April the 30th. I had a knot in my right breast that suddenly appeared a few months prior. I knew it was getting worse and I'd need to go see a doctor. It was very painful and scary. And at near the end of the service, you began speaking out words of knowledge. And you said, there's a woman here with a knot in your breast and God is dissolving it right now. And when you check, it will be gone. And it was completely gone. And then in November of the same year, you gave another word of knowledge about someone's neck and described where the pain was. I wasn't sure if it was for me because I was really having bad headaches also. I never really connected the headaches with the neck pain. I began to notice all the pain in my neck had left. And over a period of about four days, I noticed no more headaches. <clears throat> this is a, a person still with me. I will hold their name here. But in 94, I began to develop an eating disorder sneaking diet pills behind my parents' back, and not eating meals was my answer to being skinny. See, sometimes spirits, in my opinion, evil spirit, got involved with this girl to make her feel like she had to wear a certain size dress. The problem existed on into my marriage, and that's when I knew about it. I didn't know about it, really. I'll tell you what happened, though. And showed no signs of getting better. As the problem persisted, signs of anorexia and bulimia were present. One Wednesday night, Pastor Jacobs called me to the altar to minister to me. 
And Pastor Jacobs did not know what I had been delivered that of what he was ministering to me about. He later mentioned he saw an angel pulling stuff out of my belly. And I believe that was the eating disorder I fought with all those years. And by the way, I've talked to her recently. She has no problem with it since 94 or 95. So that's interesting. Praise God. You getting anything out of this? <laughs> an angel pulled something out of her belly. I had a discerning of spirits and I saw that angel doing that. I had no idea what it was. And I got to the house and my daughter said, well, I told her what I saw. I didn't tell the church at the time because some people, you know, it might embarrass the lady or different things. And she said, well, didn't you know, Dad, she struggles with anorexia and bulimia? I said, I didn't know that. You know, you don't know everything even if you're a prophet. You, you, you know what God shows you. And so I called her on the phone, this other lady, and I said, this is what I saw. And she burst out in tears. And she'd been delivered ever since. Here's, a, here's one from a new guy to me. He's, he, I don't think he's a member of my church, but he's a real fine guy. He's an ex-Marine. He said, uh, July 9, 2012, my vehicle was struck by an IED, uh, improvised explosive device, as I'd been serving in Afghanistan with the Marine Corps against the war on terrorism. When my vehicle was struck, I was thrown from my position as gunner, resulting in a concussion and a torn meniscus in my right knee. When I returned home from Afghanistan, I came to church on the rock and I received complete healing in my knee. It was about at 65% in my knee that night I was healed. Pastor Jacobs asked for anyone who needed healing to come to the front. He would pray for us and I surrendered to God. Now here's a little side note. He says, I surrendered to God on my way up. And I confessed with my mouth that I would be healed and received it. Pastor Jacobs laid his hands on me and through his anointing and the power of God on his life and ministry, I was healed. What a blessing. God totally healed his knee and he had no more with his head either. I got one more here. This is just interesting. Just, I'm not trying to waste our time. I'm trying to show you, you know, sometimes this is an encouragement. You know, the Bible says that, uh, what does it say? Let's see, we, we overcome by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the Word in our testimony. So sometimes testimonies encourage people. Pastor Dennis was with me in Peru a couple years ago. I don't have that with me. But a lady got in line. I told about a lady up in Indiana I'd prayed for, not in my church, another church that had scoliosis of the spine. And how when I, I ministered to her, and then I walked away, and I was about 10 or 15 feet from her, and I turned around, and there's an angel standing there. And I said, lady, the angel's going to minister to you. About that time, down she went. She came back the next night and said, I had my ch- husband check my spine. It's as straight as his. I told that in Lima, Peru, to a lady who was from Canada. I told it to the whole congregation, but there was a lady from Canada in the meeting. She not only had scoliosis of the spine, she had a knot on her back, said it was that big, and irradiated pain constantly. And because I told the story in the pulpit in Lima, Peru, the lady from Canada got in the prayer line. And the next night when I came for the service in the morning, she said, Pastor Jacobs, could I talk to you a minute? I said, yes, ma'am, if, you're, if you'll hurry, because I want to be in my seat when doctor gets up to preach. And she said, you know, you told about the lady in Indiana, and that encouraged me. And you said if God did that for her, he'd do it for you. Amen. He said, I got in the line, and I didn't, you know, I, I, I felt the power of God, but nothing changed. He said, I went to bed and woke up this morning, the knot's gone, my back's straight. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't think to ask her how long she'd had it. So then we're going through the airport when we're getting ready to catch our plane. I saw her and her husband in another line. I said, hey, lady with the healed spine. 
So not all ladies would turn around, you know, just the one. She said, yes. I said, how long had you had that? And she said, I was born with it. She's about 32 years old, be my guess, maybe 35. Hallelujah. This one, this last one I'm going to share, and then we're going to look at a scripture, and then I'll be done. Scripture or two. Don't hold me to the letter. Of the, don't fence me in. Don't you do that to me. <laughs> this is my good friend, Joe Reuter, who said to me so profoundly, people ought to just stay with the one that brought them to the dance. You ought to learn what that means. You don't run off with somebody else because they look something or other. You just need to stay with the one that brought you to, he was talking about spiritually, staying with your pastor. And, uh, you know, Joe, like me, he was a drug person and he contacted hepatitis C, which I also had and was healed of back in the 70s. So this is his letter and the doctor's letters underneath to validate what I'm telling you here. But sometimes they won't give us that stuff. But I asked for a copy and he got me one from the doctor. He said, I have the pleasure of sharing a testimony of a miracle healing I received from Jesus Christ through your ministry. In 2003, I was diagnosed with hepatitis C after having some blood work done. At that time, I didn't even know what it was. The doctor explained to me that hepatitis C is a blood virus which attacks the liver and other organs with no present cure medically. He explained it could be fatal. After a review of my past, he concluded that I had contracted the virus through intravenous drug abuse. The doctor's recommendation was immediate treatments of inferon. That doesn't sound very exciting to take. Inferon, uh, <clears throat> which is an equivalent to chemotherapy. I shared my faith with him and told him I believed God would heal me. God had already delivered me from alcoholism and drug addiction. The doctor set me up for a liver biopsy, biopsy and scheduled inferon treatment. I was sure that God would make a way. And, <laughs> and I would not have to go through all that. After hearing this report... I came to you, Pastor, and asked you to pray for me <clears throat> and agree with me that I would be healed. You laid hands on me and prayed a prayer of faith, pled the blood over me, gave me scriptures to stand on. Joel 321, I'll cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed, for the Lord dwelleth in Zion. You'd been preaching on confession, had the whole church confessing, let the weak say they are strong. Joel 310. These two scriptures marked me, marked me out as I prayed and studied. Now I was taking a stand and believing God. Although it looked at the natural, the symptoms grew worse. I was attacked with fatigue, mouth sore. I mean, his brother had mouth sores that made his lips swell up five times their size. I saw him, you know, uh, saw him when he had that. I was bedridden for two, week, two weeks, during which time I listened to your healing tapes, CDs, and faith came. Praise God. My wife and I had enough and wouldn't settle for anything other than total victory. Now, do you see the, you see the attitude that he's got? <laughs> he's listening to tapes, not watching TV. <laughs> I had enough and wouldn't settle for anything less than victory. And, uh, uh, let's see. We, his wife and him, aggressively took charge, believed all that you had taught us from the Word of God. Within two weeks, things started to move, and my healing began to manifest. I went back to the doctor to get the results of the liver biopsy, after which I would begin the inferon treatment. I looked at him and said, give me your news, doc. He said, you're the luckiest man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, and I looked, uh, let's see, he said, uh, there's no trace 
of hepatitis C in your blood anymore. <laughs> and Joe said, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. <laughs> he said, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Pastor, it's hard to describe all that we walk through, but God knows I had no medical treatment or help from anyone but you and Jesus, and I'm healed. You know, this is why we go. <laughs> and uh, just wonderful report. And I, I got a big stack of them. I, this was just some I had in my healing notes. I have a big a folder itself with just testimonies. Excuse me for, anyway, you understand. Let's look at something real quick here. To go to Proverbs, you're close by. You were parked over there somewhere at Psalm 107, I think. Proverbs 4, let's look at this real quick and then have one other scripture and then I'm done. Oh, this is good service tonight. I'm enjoying it. Proverbs 4, we'll begin in verse 20. And we might say it this way, My son or daughter, attend to my words. See, pay attention to the word. What does attend mean? I got to go tend to that. That's an old saying that people used to say. I got to go tend to that. That means I got something that's really pressing I need to take care of. My son, attend to my words and daughter. Let, incline your ear unto my sayings. Isn't that what Joe was doing? Yeah. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them. You've got to search it out. And health to all their flesh. Now that word, uh, in, you know, this is, this, this is the way you begin to get healed. Pay attention to the word. Get your ear inclined to it. You've got an iPad, an I this, an E that. I don't know what you use. But whatever you use, pay attention. And get it going in your ear and look at it with your eyes. And the last verse 22 says, It's health to all their flesh. The Hebrew word for that is medicine. So the word is medicine to your brains. It's medicine to your heart. It's, it's, it's medicine to your uh, esophagus. It's medicine to your organs in your body and your bones and everything. And the word will become flesh if you stay with it long enough. Hallelujah. So this is what we do. We attend to the word. We put it in our ear. We put it in our eye. And we keep it in the midst of our heart. And it becomes life to us. Amen. Not just biological life, that too. But it becomes real life on the inside of us. You know, God heals from the spirit out. Yeah. You know, God's healings are all spiritual. That's why he demanded faith. He demanded faith of people that God healed in his ministry. It's not physical like the medical people say. And it's not mental like the metaphysical people say, like the Unitarians and all those, you know, weird stuff. It's not mind over matter. It's you're getting the word in your heart and it's becoming life on the inside of you. You get the inside of the cup clean. Jesus said the outside will be clean. I like to say paraphrase. You get the inside full of the word and the outside will get full of the word. It'll seep out of your spirit and produce life in your whole system. All right. So this is a key right here where the word becomes medicine to all your flesh. The words of God will become medicine to all your flesh. I like what Brother Hagin says. What do you do if you get some symptoms? He said, I double up on my medicine, the word. I double up on my medicine, the word. You know, why can't we do that? We could do that. Some things I've held on to for years. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. 
Every day, every day, every day, I'll say certain things out of the Word. And then I add certain things in. Then God will speak to me. Like about six months ago, He said, you start saying that, you know, He gave me a scripture, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. My sufficiency is from Him. So I have sufficiency comes from God. I'm not coming behind. I got sufficiency. So you've got to say that and say it and say it and say it and listen and, and meditate on it. What does that mean? Well, I'm sufficient. Sufficient for what? Everything. Trouble is, people don't stay with it. And they're not just physical. I, I've been believing to get my church refinanced. I just had it refinanced a while back, but they did me a bad deal. And so I've been believing, and I've gone to three or four uh, credit unions, three or four or five banks, one bank down here in Texas. And finally, I just called the people I got the loan with. And I said, I want you to lower my interest rate with you. She said, well, Dr. Jacobs, I'll think about it. I said, I'll call you on Monday. Well, I forgot to call her on Monday, and she called me yesterday. And I called her back. She said, I'm going to give you one whole percent less. And I said, what's that going to cost me? Just your signature. Somebody's in order to help me. It's about a five or $600 less payment on the building. I got it. I told you, people. I told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. I said, when it comes to pass, I'm going to hold my finger up and say, I told you, I told you, I told you. Say, I was using my faith and dealing with people, you know, in the financial world. And she apologized to me. I should have got with you sooner, she said. I said, well, I'm thrilled with what you're talking to me about now. But I said, I've been, I called her and I said, I'm looking around. There's some good deals out there. And I know you've got a penalty on me. For leaving you. So I want to know, will you lower my rate on my building? And she called me back and said, we're glad you're a good customer. We want to keep you. And then she said, I'm going to lower it 1% on you, 4.25. That's, that's a pretty good rate for commercial buildings. Anyway, I'm, see, I'm telling you. See, you stay with things. And I went and kicked a tire and shut a door and kicked another tire and slammed a door and, and things like that. And, but I'm searching, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And finally the Lord said, let's call the people you got it with and tell them what you're doing. Let them know you're ready to make some deals. If they're not going to help you, you're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And all of a sudden they were real alert to me. Yeah. 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 Hmm. <laughs> I wasn't mean, I wasn't a smart aleck. I just said, would you be willing to help me here? I said, let me think about it. Praise God. And I don't know if she sends me something different, then I may have to go back and talk to her. But hallelujah. <clears throat> Let's go to Luke chapter 5 and I'll be done. Praise God. I enjoyed myself tonight. Thank you for listening to me about these testimonies and stuff. You know, I'm not bragging about me. I'm not the healer. But I have a healing endowment that works on people and some things work even more importantly, you know, in some areas more strongly than others. But that healing anointing is picking up in my life. It is starting to spread out differently than it, than it was at one time. <clears throat> anyway, Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. And it says, it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, just like I'm teaching you. There were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord 
was present to heal them. I'm done. I'm done. The power of the Lord's present to heal you. That's what I'm saying tonight. Hallelujah. Stand up with me, would you? Praise the Lord. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. And he'll begin to reveal to you, some know more than others right now in this line, but he'll begin to reveal to you. Miss Pam, you come up here, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Jill, are you, uh, are you, going, are you the one that's going to Honduras eventually? Then you come up here too. Hallelujah. I, I'm praying for these that they find, find that niche that God has for you. And, maybe, and I don't know what giftings for sure everybody will flow in. I know some do because I know Pastor Dennis pretty well. And uh, hallelujah. So we thank you for that impartation in the name of Jesus to go into them. Impartation to go into you and minister. Impartation to go into you. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for every one of these. I see more books coming out of you, Sean. I see more books coming out that's going to affect the church. And I see you helping me some more, too, in my book production, but... Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for these impartations tonight that will work their way out and be developed, be developed in each of these to flow with you and to yield to you in the areas that you have for them. Hallelujah. And thank you that we're all different. We're all different. We don't have to mimic one another. We don't have to be identical to anybody, but just be ourselves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you.